Welcome to this week's edition of Skip the Tutorial, number one video game podcast on the Game Box. I'm one of your hosts this week, Bryant, the Elden Lord Daniels. And joining me across the universe on Skype is none other than Todd, Jules, Winfield, Fortner. What's going on, man? The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the iniquities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who in the name of the charity and goodwill shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness, for he is truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. And vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. One of my favorite. Uh, one of my favorite. Right. How is that not the greatest scene in movie history? Like, if, I don't know. It's if, one of them, man. If I'm breaking down movie scenes that I remember on a regular basis and that I think to myself are some of the greatest of all time, that is the number one scene for me that always comes up. That's It's like half of Pulp Fiction's on that list of, like, greatest scenes of all time, man. Like... I love Pulp Fiction. Who's Zed? Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. What are you going to do? I'm going to go get me some real hard pipe-hitting brothers, and we're going to come back, and we're going to have us some fun. <laughs> like, that's, that's such <laughs> what a, a strange film. What a strange masterpiece it is, man. But how you doing this morning, man? How you feeling? Man, I'm feeling good, dude. I'm feeling good on this Saturday. We, we we got a little bonus episode going out to the Patreons. If you want to join up, we're starting to get on a... Welcome back to your regularly scheduled chaotic nightmare of Skip the Tutorial because we're finally starting to... It's, we, we got a plan. That's what we're saying. Yeah, maybe. We we owed, you, we owed y'all a bonus over time, man. We like when we Brian did. said that people were still supporting and why I didn't even realize it because I'm a bad manager of things, those things... Uh, where we, you know, I know we put out there like, hey, you know, we could chill out. We wouldn't be putting out that content for a while. It was just a lot of real shit going on in real life. We're going to slow down with the consistency. But we owe y'all that bonus, especially again. Another shout out to Josh Stu because he put us on notice that he hadn't been able to see uh, any episodes on Apple uh, or iTunes since like 2021. And reminded us like hey motherfuckers was like, hey, we still support. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Uh, there's that. Um, but now, man, I'm glad you're doing good. I'm actually normally I would be like, hey, I got both my arms and both my legs, but I'm not gonna lie. I woke up this morning feeling like I got slapped in the face, man, hard, like I've been hit by a fucking train, like a truck. So, but I'm grateful to be here with you, brother, and I'm grateful to do a top seven. It's been a minute since we've done a top seven, inspired by the the masterpiece series that is a uh, Elden Ring this week. So you know we won't be taking up too much time. But we'll try to get through this old old listo. Absolutely. And if this is your first time joining us, we are a video game show. We get together and we talk about one of our favorite things in the world, which is video games. And sometimes we talk about what we've been playing, the news and a roundtable. Sometimes we break down a top seven. This week is a top seven. Like Todd said, we're talking about a top seven masterpieces as inspired by Elden Ring. And if you didn't know from the title, The Elden Lord, yes, I have beaten Elden Ring. Yes, I have beaten Melania. Yes, I am the OP ruler of the lands between, and nobody can stop me except for me. So therefore, I'm on a chaotic path to destroy all the evil in the lands between right now. 
At least what I defined as evil. So what did we call that in the bonus show? Progress doing something stupid in the name of what I define as progress. Oh, the cathodery? It's the cathodery. The cathodery, man. The cathodery. Yeah, the so says in Booty is Lore. Uh, shout out Booty is Bob for, from here the the fourth. It's been recorded and written down that, uh, yeah, the cathodery. It the is the cathodery. You gotta love it. But yeah, man, I have enjoyed your journey through your crack-induced Elden Ring addiction yeah, that's still yeah. ongoing. It's you know what I'm saying? Ongoing. Pretty soon, let's say a little hours. prayer. I'm gonna tell your wife, like, do not let him if he start walking around in tidy whities it's like, you know what I'm saying? Looking like the motherfucker cooking dope on Breaking Bad. Call me. It's time for intervention. It is. We all gotta learn from DMX. <laughs> we do. So, yeah. We do. R.I.P. But yeah, man. RPS. But speaking of the masterpiece, before we get in the list, did did we want to? Because I know we didn't talk about this, like the whole definition of like our personal definitions of the yeah. masterpiece of what that really means or, or whatever. Before we knock this out, yeah, yeah, I think we do. I think we need to talk about that because the masterpiece is going to be different for other people, right? Like how we define it, how we how we actually look at what a masterpiece is. Um, me personally, Todd, I took into account several factors. I took into account art. I took into account story and lore. I took into account replayability. And I took into account, I watched some videos of these games. Um, I took into account what it made me feel like the first time. Like, what was my emotional response? Um, how did I actually feel playing through the game? And when I got done with the game, how did I actually feel? And then I took into impact, like, did it have historical impact on gaming itself? Um, so I will say this, my very first selection when we get to it did not have an historical impact as much, but I couldn't leave it off the list, but that's kind of what I'd use to define this list. And there's a lot of games out there, a lot of amazing games. So if we don't hit on some of your favorites, let us know what they are. What do you consider a masterpiece? Skip the tutorial podcast, gmail.com, stt underscore pod at Twitter. Facebook.com backslash skip the tutorial podcast. There's a link to the Discord in there too. Um, however, you guys want to do. Todd, how did you define masterpiece for this top seven? Synergy, 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 bro. Like, no, that that was a, a even better um, explanation, and I thought you could that you were gonna give, bro. Like, I like I'm so, great job for real. Well, like, thank that, you. That's pretty. Appreciate that's it. basically what I I would believe. Um, being that I'm full blackish. Black of the black, black y'all. That's uh, like I, I feel like there's a little bit more of a emotional uh, connection, and it's a little bit more personal now. But I mean, yeah, that's that's basically the circumference of it all. This is a list I wish that was like 120 games long, at yeah. least 20. You know what I'm saying? Uh, parts it down to seven was weird, and like for it was, you know, this is one. As usual, I'm I'm really curious about everybody else's opinion. I don't see this. I was kind of surprised how this one came out, but fuck it. I stuck with it. How I felt when I came down on it is pretty much how it ended up laying down. But I might have a little bit of, a little bit of flavoring around a couple of these because I might have to reference a couple of games. The only thing about my list that I do want to make sure that I highlight, some of these are are in like a package deal yeah. uh, a little bit. Okay. So, you know, that's, that's the only caveat to it. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely fine. I have a couple on my also runs that are like that. Where it's just like, this is the series itself. <laughs> this is not just 
the, the the this single game. Todd, do you want to get us started with your number seven masterpiece of all time? I do, man, and I surprised myself with this one. I really sat down and thought about it, but to me, I had to go back into my roots of roots, and it is NBA 2K11, the Jordan cover edition. It's not the most highly Metacritic game, and it's not a game that, you know, a lot of people might consider a masterpiece from where I'm coming from, from my perspective on it. It is what launched the Ragnarok of gaming that we live in today. It was the last 2K game that came out that didn't have micro transactions in it. So it was more purely focused on different aspects of like giving replayable true gameplay and and what at the time was the pinnacle of like sports simulation period. Yeah. It's a historical like reference like basketball history game and it was technically great like it was the first game that michael jordan was on uh and since he had retired and it pretty much launched what we see today it actually as far as graphically concerning it it actually still probably lives up today and it came out fucking 11 years ago i mean they were they felt like it was graphic for that like ground downgrades in the the games afterward from 12 13 and 14 based on just comparisons of it and i mean it's still a highly rated game it really encapsulated everything that i was looking for as far as replayability with the jordan modes where that was actually way more challenging than you thought it upgraded the the difficulty in games it was the live killer prior to that nba live pretty much was the game that all pure gamers would go to for basketball simulation 2k11 came out and changed everything so everything that we see the basis of it to me started in 2k11 that's just my humble opinion it's one of my favorite games and as far as like sports simulation it's a masterpiece and it because it started what we have now and it it still in some ways is actually better actually that's just the old man kind of protecting his yard type of thing i was actually surprised it, it made my list uh, but I, when I really thought about it, it was just the fact that what we see today was so like so influenced by it. But the fact that it was the first time that you had like licensed historical teams in games where Michael Jordan would play yeah. Larry Bird, Ma- Magic Johnson, and you put them in certain settings like the challenges alone were difficult and mind boggling, like the the animations and the custom animations that went wrong with the players. So trying to get 69 points with Jordan to progress just his storyline. We're not talking about any other game modes. We're not talking about my player and how that actually had more depth but wasn't so like surrounded by like a grindy feature or nature uh, based to try to drive you to get microtransactions. It was actually designed to make you good. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. the fact that it was hard. And it was minimal cheese in that game. Like if you were a pro player, you knew about the one cheese in that game. The one cheese in that game was the LeBron spin cheese where you could dunk in there. But outside of that, as far as basketball simulation, it was a masterpiece. This is one that I'm kind of just rambling on a little bit about some other games I'm going to say, and I'm not going to really talk too much about it because it's just blatantly obvious. But this was a one that kind of surprised me on my own list. But just from the introduction of that game, from the way that it made you feel to the completion of it which there really isn't that's this is one that's like a, a bit of an exception of the list as far as like completion you know what i'm saying probably one of the only games on the list where it would be considered like a multiplayer experience they had like the crew on there and it was a few um 
game modes that they offered that you know they don't even really offer them in the same way now with the casino nature of the game yeah you know but like uh the pure nature of it man um yeah like going out and starting the game and it was an intro with the backdrop of michael jordan the greatest player of all with the graphics at the time being top notch playing a historical game against the lakers with magic johnson it's something about that that you don't really get uh without having like masterpiece type effort so uh i know i rambled on a little bit with that one but one number seven masterpiece which i wish this list was longer like it's weird like i'll just say it now like it's certain games that's supposed to be on this list like god of war i mean cod uh modern warfare 2 maybe age of empires elden ring grand theft auto but some kind of way nba 2k 11 for me as far as when we talk about a masterpiece list uh i couldn't take it off so yeah that's, that's my number seven. That's fair. Absolutely. Excellent choice. Excellent choice. And like we we're going to say, like, this is our list. Like, this is our list. So, well, we define. That's that's the beauty about it. We make up the rules here. We're adults. You're not. You're children. I mean, some of you are adults. A lot of you are adults. You, kids don't listen to the show. Get parental permission, as they used to say. We say a lot of bad things. Bad right. Words. Like, the, I think I said something about, like, Speaking of cathodery, you know what I'm saying? Of like moist boy's mouse and being like right at the perfect height for to be abused by Roman Catholics for a long time. You did. And that being okay. <laughs> so kids don't listen to that. Please That's don't. just a fact. Anyway, moving on to my number Bothers seven. Me time to time. <laughs> my number seven is a game that there's very few games that capture your attention. For long, we've talked about this. We've talked about attention spans, and we've talked about how when a game truly captures your attention and you can fully get lost in the art, the music, the style, just how kind of wonderful and cathartic and ex experience that is, right? It's it, this. My number seven is Hollow Knight. I've talked about this game. This was one of the first games I talked about when we first started this show. I had just beaten Hollow Knight, and I went back and. I still have that very first thing we recorded with somebody else at the time and where it just completely went off the rails and we couldn't use it and it was completely scrapped while we were testing this out. But Hollow Knight, when I think about it, it's it's not only got the artistic nature to it, it's a beautiful game. The music, the exploration, the lore, the boss fights, the way you upgrade your, your your system, the the exploration aspect of it. To, like, I got lost in this game for 40 hours. And it was a 40 hours well spent until I finally, finally completed it. And Hollow Knight is one of those games that it gets a lot of credit in a lot of circles these days, but I feel like it deserves more credit. Now, when I said, does it have a long-lasting impact on the industry? No, but Hollow Knight is kind of the perfect example of a game that takes from the past and pays tribute to the past, right? It's a great Metroidvania. It's got aspects of Castlevania Symphony of the Night, Super Metroid in it. It's even got aspects of the Dark Souls Soulsborne series with the difficult boss fights and the hidden lore. Everything about this game, to me, is kind of the perfect example also of where difficulty can be emboldened by the artistic choices of a certain team and they've made such a beautiful choice to hand draw the characters and hand draw the frames 
and there's something about that. Like I thought about Cuphead for this position, but when it came down to it, what game actually impacted me the most emotionally made me really feel that need for adventure and made me really appreciate what they did. Did I appreciate Cuphead? Yes, I think what they did was incredible. I think that's amazing. But what did I really appreciate was how they took something so unique and so strange and so foreign feeling and made it feel comforting in a way. And I think that's something that's really hard to do. Cuphead could be comforting, sure. But Cuphead is a boss rush game. This is a game about exploration. That's what hit for me. That's why it's at my number seven slot. Is Hollow Knight is just an incredible experience. And I also probably tie it back to time when we first started the show. Like, there's a memory tied back to that. Like, and that's that's a good thing for me. Like, if I think about a memory and I think about a game and I think about Hollow Knight, I think about the beginnings of STG, and I think that's a masterpiece on its own. A crazy chaotic good masterpiece, but still a masterpiece. But number seven is the Hollow Knight. That's that's how to add. Too real. Too real. I remember that great choice. You got me on Hollow Knight, and I couldn't agree for more. You know what I'm saying? And thank you for the shout out for Cuphead. The Netflix uh, show was great. It was. Oh, like I, I enjoyed it. I, I, I said I'd finish it. The episodes I've watched have been great so far. It's been great. So great choice. Thank All you. right. So number six. Yes, number six. Yes, sir. All right. So we're going to get into this, man. But I got to preface this. All right. Because this is it's, it's just, just real. Um, And it's it's horizon forbidden horizon forbidden west man there it is for me it goes back though i had to think about why more so than just horizon okay this is where it kind of comes up a little bit more i am admittedly a kill zone era fan okay i enjoyed guerrilla games for almost 20 years now absolutely so a lot of this is, has to do with like a culmination of things like kill zone is one of those games where it's not really necessarily for everybody but there is a reason why it grew a strong fan base, especially at the time. Like Killzone is one of those games you take a pull out a fat boy PS3 right now and load it up and compare it to the latest tech, it still looks good. I can guarantee you that. I've so got it over there. the fact that right, like it still at the time it felt good and it was and, and it brings me back to one of those memories. It was it was a strangely challenging game because it was different in an oversaturated period. It came out especially Killzone Two. Like I'm a fan of the entire series, but it's always that sandwich meat game that generally catches me. Arguably, Killzone Three is better. Yeah. So are you fast forward from like a 2004, 2007, maybe 2009 era to 2022 and what I got with Horizon Forbidden West. Some shit that I would have never even imagined that they could even fucking put out as far as just story wise, the nature of the animation, everything with what Guerrilla Games did. Though it does have the finger quote unquote trophy, you know, same kind of traps that a Ubisoft game could have. You could have that argument. I think a lot of that just has a lot to do with the subjective nature of it. And it's yeah. just like Elden Ring, when I really thought about it, it's just not for everybody. Exactly. And once I realized that, I kind of came to grips with, you know, the fact that, yeah, it is, it's the nature of just the, the latest tech was like possible with console gaming. It has to be on my list at this time. 100%. That checks off all those notches that you kind of prefaced before we got on the list. So for me, as far as masterpiece, you know what I'm saying? For some, it's Breath of the Wild. For some, 
and I definitely get the comparison with Elden Ring. Like, if I, I this list can change immediately. The only reason why Elden Ring isn't probably in this spot right now is because I've just spent more time with Horizon Forbidden West. Let's just keep it one thousand with you. I can't put Elden Ring on my list right now because I have like until I at least get thirty-five hours solid of it or to fifty hours. You know, these are games that I've been able to say it's been a long time since I spent. 50 plus hours with a game like outside of maybe a ghost of tsushima or some shit which could also be it could also discussed, you know what i'm saying discussed, yeah. but you know but yeah but as far as like pushing next gen and like the reason maybe why ratchet and clank isn't in, in this this portion of the list is because of a horizon uh, of forbidden west exists so that's a little bit more explanation than i want to give on this i don't want to drag this out all the time all the way but that's uh that's my number six excellent choice excellent choice and if you guys want to hear a review of that, Todd gave an excellent breakdown of Forbidden West. Was it two episodes? I think it was called The Batman Plays Elden Ring. Was when you first I think so. It. Yeah. I think so. Like, two like I said, it's not ago. the greatest. Yeah, it's that, like once I realize it's really that it's one of those games like I now I've come to grips with like yeah, it's not going to be like people going to be like ah for, like and I'm cool with that, but you know. Yeah, for from beginning to end and completion of it like having that experience and like that's kind of where the list goes from here on out like a lot of these games were like okay when i experienced it when it was over and the credits ran what did i say okay that was a masterpiece or not yeah exactly that's, i can't that that's the reason why i can't put elder ring because i haven't I, I haven't put that 137 hours you have in yet so this list has a uh, definitely an opportunity for me to change but my personal number six forbidden west sir I what is it. your number six my number six goes back to childhood there's certain games that just bring a smile to your face and will forever bring a smile to your face. Whether it's the music, the art, the experiences, the memories you have tied to that game, the system it came out on. My game actually came out for the Nintendo Super Nintendo uh, Entertainment System. It's Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past and forever started my obsession, obsession with adventure games. A Link to the Past is by far one of the greatest games ever made. Game Facts just up until a few years ago, had A Link to the Past as the number one game of all time for good reason. A Link to the Past has legacy dungeons of Zelda. It's got the Master Sword. It's got amazing music. It's got the 2.5D top-down kind of altered camera experience that we know Zelda as, not just the straight top-down version of it. It's got beautiful enemies. It's got challenging fights. It's got excellent dungeons. It's got amazing puzzles, strange NPCs, castle areas, Desert areas, ice areas, everything that you could want from a video game. A Link to the Past is probably one of those games that I play more as a child than Elden Ring because I did not have a guide and I needed a guide, but I was like 10. <laughs> so I was literally just wandering around trying to find out where to go and what to do next. And once I figured it out, it was an incredible experience. Um, I mean, I don't know what... I, I'm not going to add anything to the conversation about A Link to the Past that hasn't been already added to the to the sphere of it. But I do want to say it is... It's my favorite Zelda game of all time. And I love Breath of the Wild. I thought about putting that on here. But when I tie memories back to Zelda, I go back to A Link to the Past. That is the one that I always immediately go back to as yes this one is my favorite this is my favorite of all time and there's nothing I, I thought about Ocarina of Time for this slot because Zelda's had such an impact on my life that I thought 
I probably should put these on here. I've been playing them since forever, but if I'm going to pick a Zelda game, which one is it going to be? Because they're not all that great. And A Link to the Past had to be it. It's it's a, it's a classic. It's, it's an absolute masterpiece and shows you what thoughtful game design can do. And it still holds up. However many years later, it's like you can still go play it and you still find the same challenges. And you can see the long-lasting impact it's had on the industry. Like, the, the number of games influenced by Zelda is incredible. It's like Bob Dylan. The number of artists influenced by Bob Dylan or Prince or David Bowie or Jay-Z. Like, whatever. Like, that's how long the impact is. You know what I mean? So, I, oh, man, I was, I, hey, I, man, I, was, I was thinking it's the titties milk. And I'm glad that you went ahead and referenced like a retro game. Like I will say, like retro games didn't really like. I mean, I hate like Sonic the Hedgehog too. I was like, ah, where can I put this on my list? Because it, it, but it's like, listen to me, it's a masterpiece. Shit, it was like eight year old, nine year old me, or whatever the fuck, ten year old me, or whatever the fuck was thought it was a masterpiece. But uh, no, but I, I definitely think that's a great choice. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, it's absolutely excellentness to be mentioned. But where we on? I'm on my number five. Number five. Let me. I, Elder Scrolls Five Skyrim. Um, but there's the. Yeah. I overplayed it. Yeah. D and D. Yeah. Yeah. When I, when I was being honest, like I could have put The Witcher Three. I could have put Tekken Three. Like highly underrated to me. You know what I'm saying? Like there, there's other things. Uh, not too highly underrated. It's rated right. Um, I could have put. Really, again, like, I don't even, like, I, I think the only reason why I know, where I, like, anyway, yeah, Skyrim, Skyrim 5. It's the greatest. Five, it's that, fantastic. I mean, that's, one, I, it's, like you said, what more can I fucking say about that that hasn't already been said? So, you know, that's yeah. my number five. Excellent. I just realized that I put Elder Scrolls 5, I mean, at number five. I didn't even realize I did that before <laughs> we started. Before. Those yeah. Elder Scrolls games, starting with, was it Morrowind? Morrowind, Oblivion, and Skyrim. All three of those are right. excellent. All three of those are Absolutely. Excellent. But Skyrim was the culmination. Yeah, it was. Of, yes. And and it's a launching point. Like, and it's still a bar as old as it is today. Like, people are still people are still compare Elder Ring to Skyrim, which is ridiculous. And I mean, it's just like I said, it's overplayed, but people don't like Skyrim was the first game that marked like it marked actually helping me get through a dark time in life. And it's one of the games where I, I I beat it, and I think I went back and got a guide to beat it again. And you know, at that point, that's when I wanted to find like this green mace, and like I started going down that path. But it was the, one of the first games, like my first run through, I just was able to actually just get through it. And it was one of that was like the exploratory uh, initial feel for me, as far as like, okay, this shit is something different. And I would flop between swap between Skyrim and 2k like that was the only thing the only reason why i was playing 2k that year is to give myself a break from skyrim because it, i just felt like at that point that was the endless gameplay loop and there was so many options and so many ways that you could play the game i could op it one way or i could build a motherfucker that's waiting for everybody to go to sleep at night and just stab them in the face like so it, it, the fact that that game still holds up like l um, l excuse me elder scrolls Almost had me as Asphasia as Bruce Willis moment. My apologies. Um, it's the the quintessential masterpiece to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. As far as gaming, what you can do. You know what I mean? The original Samuel L. Jackson build was in Elden Ring. 
I mean Elden Ring, excuse me, Elder Scrolls. So uh, for games that that's probably the game that I've put, put when I'm really honest about it, man. I like I hate to admit I I, I don't know how many hours I've put in that fucking game, bro. To be keep it one thousand. So that's my number five. I didn't want to ramble on too much about that one because again, what else? I mean, food, okay, of course, Elder Scroll. And you know, people always say they just keep re-releasing it. And I was like, yeah, they wouldn't keep re-releasing it if it didn't sell. Like that's. That's just the truth. It's a great game. It's amazing. It's an it's a it is a masterpiece. It absolutely is. It made my also run list. And that's the thing, is like that's the crazy thing about this list, Todd. That's why it was so hard to put together, is cause like all these the games we came up with, like, I got a list of I don't know how many, but they're all masterpieces in my mind. Bro, if somebody said Super Mario Three is a masterpiece, I'm not gonna argue with them. That's I mean my Super also Mario run. Odyssey should be on my list. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. That that was a fucking to me masterpiece. But you know, it is what it is. That's what's fun about these things, man. That's what's great. Like, and I got another one that makes no sense. But I am curious to hear what is your number five. My number five is actually the game that knocked a link to the past off of Game Facts greatest game of all time list. And it's got a weird community behind it, and they get a little strange. And I'm not a fan of that. But when I think about games that impacted me emotionally and were so different from what everybody else was doing and it was made by one guy, it's number five is Undertale for me. Number five is Undertale. There's, there's something about this game that still holds up in my memory as just an incredibly emotional and by far amazing experience it's a quick little game it's probably four and a half five hours long but the fact is is that you play as somebody who gets lost in a dungeon full of monsters and in normal rpg fashion that means you would want to try to kill everything so you could gain weapons and xp and get stronger for the last boss not this game the game is opposite of that. Your actual objective is to not kill anything at all. And in the fight screen, you can do that by talking to the monsters and talking to them through their emotional problems. That's incredible to me. You designed a whole game and it punishes you for killing things. It punishes you for doing that. You're playing defense the majority of the time. Not to mention the combat system itself is incredibly intricate and unique. The different story endings are amazing to experience. There's a story ending that wipes out your full save file. Like that's like goes into your computer and says your save file no longer exists. There, like to me, that is just it, the amount of time and energy and effort that one man, not to mention the music, the art style, the actual exploration feeling behind this game. Everything about this is a masterpiece. And that one person designed this. One person. Like, you took it upon yourself to... Like, you had a story to tell. You had a thought to get out there. You had this idea. Well, what if we did an RPG, but you didn't kill anything? And you designed the art, and it wasn't made an RPG maker, and you weren't using pre-rendered assets. You were using stuff that you created. And don't get me wrong, it was... It was... It was... Crude, it was rudimentary when it came out. It was kind of crude, the art style, but it has its own, it has its own appeal in that way. It's kind of like the band The Misfits. I really love The Misfits, 
even though most of their songs could technically suck because they have a song called they have a song called Return of the Fly where they literally sing the cast list of Return of the Fly. Don't care, I love that song. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Play it at my wedding next time. Play it at my 10 year anniversary. I don't care. But Undertale for me is the pinnacle of vision come to life from one person. Like somebody had a dream and they put it out there. And good on Toby Fox because your music talent is amazing. I still listen to the Undertale theme, the soundtrack a lot. Like just regularly. In fact, I'll put that on when I'm playing Elden Ring. That is just the truth. I'll listen to another video game soundtrack while I'm playing Elden Ring. I don't care. It's, it's, if I'm still listening to your soundtrack these many years later and I'm still thinking about this one boss battle and this one thing this one NPC said to me, you had an impact on me. That had an impact on me. So thank you, Toby Fox. Undertale is my number five. So see, that's always good when you have, when you talking is inspires me to want to check out a game. I, I've heard nothing but great things about Undertale, and I'm, I'm glad you you know you specifically brought up the point about pre rendered assets. No real one likes pre rendered assets. That's right. Uh, and you know the fact that it you know kind of drives you not to Valencio in a masterful way. I, I've uh, I've heard nothing but great things about it. You also brought up a great point about the soundtrack. I, I never played Undertale yet, so I don't check it out. But it brings me back to 2K11. That was another reason why it reminded me why I had to put it on the masterpiece list and how it changed like game and culture. Because like I, they're like when I want to remember a year, I'll go back to like different 2K soundtracks um, and how important that is. Like that is also an important aspect of any of these games as far as making it on the masterpiece list. But uh, we on my number four. Number four. This was the hardest one to put on my list and or not take off my list and replace with like Red Dead Redemption 2 or something. This or San Andreas or like Grand Theft Auto 5. Like this one's the hardest one. Yeah. But um, or Devil or Devil May Cry uh, or like there was like I, I went kind of really back and forth on this, one, especially for it to be high up. Modern Warfare 2 again or, or Tekken yep. 3. Right. But I settled in on being honest with myself, man. One of those, uh, if like you said, from the beginning to end, and maybe this is the most unexpected experience that I, that has carried with me forever, and that's Ninja Gaiden. Absolutely, uh, specifically Absolutely. Black and Sigma, but just even like the '88 game, like specifically Black and Sigma, though, because not unlike that's one that's probably the hardest game I ever beat without like looking up shit, and I played by myself until I beat them. Like, and I always will, like, I'll never forget it. And it was just something about that gameplay and just the graphics at the time. Like, thinking about original Xbox 2004 and what they did with that game. Like, you go back and look at it now, it's a bit cheesy. It's kind of weird looking like a 007. But, it, like, at for its time, it's, I mean, it's beautiful. still age well, I think. Right. As far as, like, with, even with the magic aspects and shit like that. And, I mean, the immersion. Like, each game that I'm listing on my list has to do with how much i could escape real world like without yep. you know it's like video game myth you know what i'm talking about i'm not in the dumb kind of drugs but gaming has kept me safe in the motherfucking house and out of you know slappery and and, and a lot of cathodery you know what i'm talking about <laughs> yes. so this was a masterpiecery for me because it was one of, it was like a secret game that i played to almost not even secret but it wasn't like i didn't it wasn't surrounded by a community i didn't give a fuck about what nobody else thought i really wasn't expecting a dig the games as much as i did throughout when i was a kid even going like when i revisited as an older person and with black and sigma i was just like let me just grab these like i don't know because it's so such a different thing than like an 88 platformer 
but by the end of those games even go like with sigma i was like i am done can't nobody tell me shit i'm the greatest of all time and what's fucked up about like black was like they're like they it wasn't like the most insanely difficult game they had i mean it's there's part of insanity to it like there definitely is you're definitely gonna die and and they did childish shit by putting like if you missed items in it they were gone forever there were things about that game you know that were crazy uh but you know just give me dual katanas and a flying swallow and we're gonna make some shit happen so that's my number four as far as the masterpiece you know what i'm saying we do a lot of different lists but you know when we came out uh, with this one it that this one i it I had to be on my list is one of the most me- memorable games it still sticks with me i can't wait for this sh- this list to shift around but it's gonna be hard to get into getting gotten off of again to get gotten game no, I, I agree completely. That made my also run. And you're right. That's just for when it came out too. like that was that game that every that game was at the time, the Dark Souls that everybody was talking about because everybody was talking about how difficult it was and how insanely challenging it was. And I remember my buddy got it. We spent an entire Saturday afternoon going into Sunday morning playing Ninja Guy, just switching the controller back and forth. Just switching the controller back and forth, trying to beat that game, because that was just and it's beautiful. Like it's a, it's it's, and we just like when we finally rolled credits on it, that was one of those moments of just like lay flat out and just like go to sleep and be like, all right, we're done. Like we can't believe we did it, but we're done. Like we I still this. think about the sword of the field of swords and Sigma, yes. like randomly. So yeah, that's the kind of imprint that it had on me. So. Yeah, that's definitely my number four, man. I'm curious to hear what yours is. My number four is a game I talked about a lot, and I won't I won't ramble on about this one like I did on uh, the a couple of the past ones. But Final Fantasy VI has to be on here. It's one of my it's my favorite Final Fantasy game of all time. It's my fantasy epic game. There's like 30 discoverable characters in the game. Characters you can miss. Strategies to play through this game. It's got an opera in it. It's got a fight that happens reoccurringly that's hilarious throughout the game. It's got one of the greatest villains of all time. Who, spoiler alert for a 30-something-year-old game, wins halfway through the video game itself. Like, and his design is based off the Joker. Like, I don't know how you could not love that. And it's Final Fantasy VI. It is 100% Final Fantasy VI. Um, if you know, you know. Yeah, I'm just going to say it's it's still worth playing today. It's it's still I'm thinking about replaying it cuz I'm like, golly, that last boss too, the very last boss run sticks with me so much because of how challenging it was and the fact that out of all 15 members of my party, I had one dude left. I had one guy left and I beat that game. That sticks with me to this day. Like I will I will I will never be able to recreate the moment where I finally won and I just jumped up for joy. Um, you know, it, it, it's just incredible. It's incredible. I love it. Final Fantasy VI is my number four. What is your number three? Doug? I'm glad you brought up Final I, I, That's another Final Fantasy VII, the remake thing. That was a fucking amazing game. And that's another awesome and I never got a chance to experience VI, but great choice. Uh... I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on this, man. But I kind of cheated. I just put Math- Mass Effect Trilogy, uh, the Legendary Edition, on there just so I could squeeze it. The truth is, is Mass Effect Two. Yes. Uh, as far as masterpiecery, like pure masterpiecery, but it's like I can't 
have one without the other because the masterpiece of it all was the choice of and the choices and the amount of opportunity for change uh just dialogue options throughout just it stored the ending options throughout all three games so i always got to kind of put them together but yeah that's i mean the definition of masterpiece to me another game that i lost myself in when i was playing i mean shepherd and i mean some of the customizable. you know you, it wasn't like that deeply customizable but it was enough to where you could get connected to the character and this is one of the greatest stories ever told in video game history for me one of the greatest gaming i mean it's a masterpiece on every level bro for me it's Absolutely. a masterpiece i guess another game that stapled me down i like it's hard to get that off the list it's hard for me to move it off the list it's gonna be one of the greatest games to me ever it encapsul- encapsulates a lot of other games like dragon ages and stuff like that you know what i'm saying and i mean with the re-release of the legendary edition remake even though it wasn't like a full full blown out all three games fully fully remade it even furthermore stamps down you know that history for me so i cannot have this type of list without that game on there even though uh, also like uh it's not like a halo well anyway that's my number three yeah that's an excellent i mean excellent choice i i've got those loaded by the way and my plan is this year it's happening it's happening yeah bro it's the greatest gaming sandwich of all time to me like this is a, it, the true definition when you talk about masterpiece games for me there's no question that it's still like it's still hard for me to think about a lot of things coming close with this type of game knocking it off it's the baseline of of any game moving forward for me and i mean i've I've been around we talk about this all the time the advantage of being old is when you've been around pretty much since the inception of video games it gives you a good a generally good perspective not like you know all things by any means no 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 but i mean you can get a feel for generational shifts and that changed a lot so that's my number three the master mass effect trilogy cheat edition because i'm putting them all together absolutely my number my number three is what i would consider pure art pure gaming art inspired by the legend of zelda you play as a demigod dog in japanese culture and you go around and you use your paintbrush and you draw stuff and you fight things and you attack it's okami it's okami okami is one of the greatest games of all time it's a beautiful experience we talked about this probably episode number three because they had released okami hd and i played through okami hd for this show and it still sticks with me every bit of that game sticks with me and for a game that was released on the ps2 era like that game still holds up in so many ways where modern games don't. I mean, between the exploration, the villages, the boss fights, the settings, the music, the way that you actually have to draw with your your, your paintbrush in order to effectively destroy the bosses, the dungeon areas, the puzzles, everything about Okami is just a wonderful game. I still think about how, like, artistically speaking, this is probably my favorite game on the list. Just for the pure design of it. The design, this is, for for all-time video games, this is probably my favorite video game design of all time. Just the, the actual character designs, the, the world itself, the way they implemented what felt like a world that was being painted in front of you as you were exploring. And that's beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful. Like, I don't think you can get much better than Okami. 
Like I, I've got two that go above this. Don't get me wrong, but artistically speaking, I don't think you can get much better than Okami in my mind. But that's my opinion. That's my opinion. Great choice. Okami great fucking is my choice, man. Two. Yeah, great choice. Especially like multi-platforms. That game they did well on it. So, uh, yeah, that's that's a great one. Um, yep, that reminds me of my GameStop days. So I love that idea. All right, so no, my number two. Um, yes. This one was another one like i said halo 2 could have been here halo the original halo evolved combat could have been here super mario odyssey i thought about being there i really loved that game and that introduction of the switch for me it was great you know what i'm saying uh but but and this is another one kind of similar to ninja gaiden because it's easy with with mass effect that's a generation shaper but this one was another one like i was like i can't change it i mean but batman arkham city yes some would argue it's not one of the best. It's not the best Arkham game. But for me, it's just, I was like, fuck it. It's the same thing. You know, I'll just put the Arkham series or whatever. But Arkham City is the game that it's I played the best on one out every of that series. And I, right. That's my, I, right. It's, and it, to me, when you talk about Masterpiece, I have this game on every platform that I can get it on. And I've played it. I don't know how many times I've just played this game over and over again. Like to the point where. It, in the beginning where you start out and you have to you know climb the building to get the suit just that whole scene and just cinematic nature of it how it holds up the fact that it still holds up i still have it in my steam library ready to go at any point i just randomly want to fucking play that batman game the fucking city itself the dlc with Catwoman, um the fight mechanics in it and the smooth nature of it the lack of bugginess there's literally one of the games that i really just don't remember breaking with that amount of which is a lot to say that for rocksteady to do with that amount of gameplay on it and then on top of it like you know the fact that an insomniac game isn't on here is because i feel like batman is what even though it's the foundation to the insomniac series and that's why it's the masterpiece to me because it launched like the idea of what could be done in comic book games in a way that I could never have imagined before and it still kind of carries up to this fucking day so as far as masterpiece lists it's Batman Arkham City still holds tight still holding it down I could still put that game on right now after playing it and I don't know how many fucking times and get some cathartic therapeutic love from it and I could just slap the shit out of people and punch people in the nuts over and over again that's a part of the game people forget so yeah that's my number two batman arkham city excellent choice going back to soundtracks when arkham city came out they released the exclusive soundtrack for it that was not the music in the game but it was inspired by it dude i listen to that soundtrack all the time all the time i love arkham city it's still one of my favorites of all time um, excellent choice, man. That made my also run too. I was like, that's a hard one not to include, but I was like, Ugh. my number two, I'm not going to spend that much time on. Cause I've been talking about it for the last two and a half, three weeks. It's Elden ring. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's Elden ring all the way. It's my number two. So you got to ask yourself what beat Elden ring. If that's your number two. Um, but yeah, my number two is Elden ring. Like it's not going to be for everybody, but I was just looking at my steam. Cause I got curious about, how much time I've been playing it. 151.7 hours. I've played it for 151.7 hours at this point. And I'm not done. I've got more to do. This is going to be a 253 hour game by the time I'm finished. Almost guaranteed. 
it's going to be the one that I consistently go back to when I don't have anything else to do. And I don't feel like watching a movie or watching TV. Like, it's going to be Elden Ring where I'm just like, eh, I don't have anything else to do, so I'll go spend some time in Elden Ring. Like, that's that's the beauty of this game, is for me, at least. Not just that, it's the exploration, the art, the music's incredible, the battle boss arenas are awesome. Um, I'm looking forward to the DLC. So, you know, just keep giving us more. Keep giving us more. I'll, I'll keep I'll keep buying it, I promise you. You release DLC, I will buy these. But my number two is Elden Ring. That's where I'm, I'm going to leave that conversation. Bro, honestly, we talk, if we're still alive next year, six months from now, two months from now, El, I mean, again, Elden Ring inspired this week's episode. Even though I woke up this morning feeling like I got slept, it's like feeling like slapping somebody today. Yeah. Like, Elden Ring is part of the reason why we inspired still you know what i'm saying to do it so of course i'm glad you got it on the list so i can't wait to get there with you i'm looking forward to talking about shit about it and getting on after we record today i've bought this uh, game I, twice like I, since it's coming i out. thought you got the collector's addiction we, we that's another thing i can't i i gotta try out the co-op on it we gotta see you know what i'm saying like it's one of those weird things uh but i can't wait to get on it again today but let me go ahead and knock out my number one i think every anybody that listens to the show is always my motherfucking number one they already know what time it is and i'll just get it out the way so that's gonna be anthem all right it's obviously <laughs> the best fucking game to ever come out ever, you know what I'm saying? on the back of mass effect 3 I'm sorry. <laughs> the look on your face, I wish this was a video show. We really need to start putting this up on YouTube. That was hysterical. Anthem. Nah, man. Nah. <laughs> nah, it's got a war 2018, yeah. man, obviously. But when you talk about the... Speaking of culmination, okay? Of all things in gaming, um, with the expectation and yes. just the, the staple that it is, just from the voice acting, who they even chose, graphically, pressure of it, story, from beginning to end, immersion, the Leviathan, the chaos, the chains of chaos, yep, Valkyrie in game, Valkyries, no. boss battles. So good. Challenge, difficult, puzzles, everything I you know would would say is like it's just my favorite fucking. I mean that's just the the definition of the masterpieceery for me, man. I mean it's not for everybody. Like again, you could say somebody gets up here and says the original Super Mario Brothers is a masterpiece. I'm not gonna argue with them, but as of right now, the culmination of gaming. Like when I think about like one of my favorite movies, Gladiator, and one of my favorite rappers, Jay Z. And then a mission on the black album of like, what more can I say? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, that, like he's sampling like that. That is kind of how I feel about goddamn the Gladiator of God of War, which is Kratos. You know what I'm saying? I still can't wait to maybe get old man Kratos. I still got that leg leg saved to for the tattoo, but just what it encompassed, how it made me feel, and how like at the end of the day, like we got weird shit like with the. Uh, the Oscars with Will Smith and shit going on. I hate to even fucking bring that shit up on this episode because I have to go back and listen to this, but I think it's a good reminder. I think it's a lot of real, you know, testosterone-driven emotions and shit about love and terror and a lot of chaos and pain and shit yeah. that's wrapped up in God of 
difficulties. That's why I connect with. That's why it's one of my favorite games. And the fact that they come out with a technically superior game, damn near every night time they come out, that pushes the entire fucking video game industry forward in some type of way. Like whatever type of fucking game you want to play. That's why it's going to be one of my favorite games ever. And well, that's why it's my number one masterpiece on my list. And it's very easy to, for me to put that there. But yeah. What's your number one, sir? My number one, by the way, excellent choice. That also made my also run. Like God of War 2018 was there. I was like, God, oh, that game. 2018 was such a good year for gaming. I just keep going. Yeah, back man. Red Dead Redemption 2. God of War. Spider-Man. Those, those two alone. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, that's another bro. one that that could be somebody's that's, number one masterpiece. Yeah, easy. That could be your number one masterpiece, and I wouldn't argue with you because I remember how happy it made you feel. But yeah, it almost was. It almost made it. But I had to think about the culmination of masterpiece between music, emotion, feeling, art, all of it. This is the game that made people outside of gaming go games can be art and that's why it gets my number one this is i was at a time i was in college and this is when they first started introducing gaming as art in my classes and this was the example they used for good reason my number one shadow of the colossus this was the argument that drove forward the concept of gaming not only being a reality for the future but it was a transition from games are no longer for children and here's why and they showed this off i was sitting at ut dallas in a class discussing art it was it was art history and we had a presentation and we had some presenters come in and they started talking about the future of interactive art and they brought up video games and i immediately perked up because it's video games like you're talking about video games i'm 19 years old at this time I'd actually just beaten Shadow of the Colossus, or I was in the middle of playing Shadow of the Colossus, and somebody, this was the game they went to. They went to Eco and Shadow of the Colossus, and I connected with Shadow of the Colossus because I love those games and how tragic and heartbreaking that game is. And then it ties into something else that happened. There was a movie that had come out earlier that year with Adam Sandler, or later that year with Adam Sandler. It was a drama where he lost, I can't remember the name of it, but it's a movie where he lost his kids in 9-11 and his wife in 9-11. And he's always playing Shadow of the Colossus and it tied back to him emotionally, like taking down things that were larger than him in order to deal with life. And that was kind of like a beautiful connection to me. And that's like where I really started deeply, not just thinking of video games as like, I'm going to get together with my friends, we're going to get the controllers, we're going to play, get couch co-op or i'm gonna run through final fantasy no this was the one that i was like not only is it a heartbreaking story it's a tragedy it's a greek tragedy it's based in japanese myth it's got some incredibly inclusive and incredible boss battles because it's 15 boss fights that's all the game is but they're all puzzles it's all puzzles on figuring out how to take take these colossi down however you're not supposed to take the colossi down ultimately I mean, that's the point of the game, but you get to the end of the game and you go, crap, I wasn't supposed to do any of that, and I'm the bad guy. (laughs) For something to do that and flip it on its head and make you question reality and the story you're being told and just how we can engage with video games as a society and as a people, like, that's this game. 
Like for me, this is the pinnacle of artistic expression. It's it's it, it's a it's a multimedia event. Like it's a multimedia art art experiment, art project, and it just happens to be one of the greatest games of all time as well. So that's that's a plus. Hey that's a plus. Great fucking choice. Great fucking choice. And I do find it interesting that at its core, like the emotional connection has to do with protagonists that ultimately have a realization that they're the bad guy at the end of of games um that that's a whole episode within itself i believe but this has been another great list yeah like i'm just grateful for gaming and the conversation that we had as far as like even with this list and how like it's inspired by elden ring what i what i would say while i'm looking forward to be outside of that honorable mention and making it on a, on uh my personal list is just the the conversation and reinvigoration of gaming uh just conversation about the game itself and just good content in general and the community that is that is building and the escapism that we kind of all appreciate in masterpiece type experiences when it's like ukraine war going on and gas prices and inflation and people getting slapped on tv and people getting sick and dying and covid not covid vaccines and everything else that's going on but you can go ahead and we can like collectivize together and, and appreciate you know having like outside of supply chains some of us we got playstation 5s we got more games than we can fucking play it's a great time to be alive too and the focus on the positive even if it's coming from like a darker game that just gives you appreciation for living and, and self-reflection and psychoanalysis or or not or just complete fuckery and just beating people up so uh before i ramble on any further like what, what is there anything else you wanted to wrap up about this this lovely week's recording yeah i mean it's just been beautiful discussing these games with you guys and you todd like the idea that we can get together as a community and say no these these are what we consider masterpieces and here's why and we want to hear yours we do skip the tutorial podcast at gmail.com twitter at stt underscore pod facebook.com backslash skip the tutorial podcast there's a tribe page there instagram.com backslash skip the tutorial tribe um, all of that. Just go check it out. Skip the tutorial everywhere. Uh, but we have some also runs for you. I'm gonna run through these real fast, and then I'm gonna ask for your also runs. This will take two seconds. Uh, Super Mario Three, Doom, Symphony of the Night, Metal Gear Solid, Silent Hill Two, Ninja Gaiden, Psychonauts, Diablo Two, Super Metroid, Baldur's Gate, Hotline Miami, Breath of the Wild, Ocarina of Time. Uh, Stardew Valley, Transistor, Banjo-Kazooie, Ratchet and Clank Up Your Arsenal, Persona 5, Resident Evil 2 and 4. So that's kind of that's kind of where I had my also runs at. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned a lot of them throughout the show, but like I just had random shits that don't even make sense, like the X-Men Arcade Cabinet Edition, Hell Sonic yeah. Hedgehog 2, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, Gears of War. Uh, I already said Elden Ring a bunch of times. Bioshock, Red Dead Redemption 2, fucking Dragon Ball Fighters, fucking Grand Theft Auto 5 is the Mona Lisa of goddamn um, open world games. I think I just hate it on Rockstar because of what's happened with the billions, the top of billions of the industry. I think that's the only reason. I don't know. That, that's, those are obviously masterpiece games. Uh, so many of the lists, it doesn't even make sense. That's why, seriously, this is another one. I mean, we kind of slowed down on the pace of inconsistency, but we're trying to give. Uh, a little bit more 
uh you know subject matter in these things and this is a list like i really can't it's been a minute since we did a top seven that's why I yeah. i'm glad we kind of did this one and i know i can't wait to like read some of the lists that come out of this shit uh on our other we, we might be able to make an episode out of just other people's top seven masterpieces let's just read those off and kind of delving into some of those games and i think maybe even more so why a masterpiece is this one person a type of game and why it's not to another might be interesting so i'm really looking forward to that but because this is a this is the list that never ends uh and it's good to be alive as a gamer Hell that's yeah. pretty much all i got brother me too uh we want to hear from you donuts or something, huh? yeah, that's what i'm about to do i gotta go do an errand or two but um as we always say before we sign off stay humble stay humble <laughs>